0: Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, we fired Dan and the rest of the praise band, so we now we have a new praise band. They're going to drive down from Athens every week. Um... We have to pay gas, lodging, and a nice salary, so I hope you enjoyed them this week because this is the last week they're going to be here, so I hear you. Hey, listen, seriously, uh, so proud that I know a lot of times we hear, um, we see on the news and we hear that we have a generation that's lost and that, that you know, we hear all these negative things, but I want to tell you something, there's four, four young men um, and they uh, Literally, all of them are in college, um, and they are—they love Jesus. They serve God. They serve—they serve Christ, and um, it's a great thing. And I think we need to recognize that. Give them a hand. It's awesome. <clears throat> the band is called it's Eremos. It's E R E M O S. Did I get that right, guys? E R E M O S. Okay. Um, and I don't know what that even means, but it sounds really cool. Um, All right. So it sounds cool. So I hope it doesn't mean like, you know, like, you know, chicken foot or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, Eramos is awesome. And then you find out it means like, you know, wart or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, they did a great job, and I'm so thankful that they're here. And I know uh, we celebrated Wendy's birthday last night with them playing, and I know that Wendy is happy that her son is here with her today and her mom and sister. So it's good stuff. Good, good stuff. So glad you guys are here today. We're going to be in John chapter three. If you guys want to go ahead and turn there, John chapter three, and I want to go over real quick. Now, we've been going through the series, um, believe, uh, and the main point—the main point that I want you to get—is that is John's point in the whole book is if you if you believe, you will live. And his point is this, and this is important: not just eternal life but today life. Are you with me? Not just eternal life, but today life. If you believe, you'll live. And so that's what we've been looking for. Obviously, the author was John. Uh, the Scriptures describe him as the, the disciple that Jesus loved. Um, the book separated into two parts. Is a book of signs, chapters 1 through 12, and 13 through 21 is a book of glory. And here is the main passage of the whole Scripture. Here is what is, is the umbrella for our, our whole series that we're going through. It says, John 20, 31 says, But these are written so that you may continue to believe, there it is, that Jesus is the Messiah. And so here here it is. You believe He's the Messiah, the Son of God. And here it is. By believing in Him, you will have what? Life. You will have life by the power of His name. You won't have life by the power of your name. You won't have life by what you do, and you won't have power by you know all the things. You will have power only uh, and life only by the power of His name, and that is the message. I want to thank Mike for talking about tax talking about flipping over tables last week. Mike, you did a great job. You guys give Mike a hand. You did a great job. I appreciate that. I really do. So, but today we're going to talk about a scripture that a lot of you guys know. All right, this is kind of one of those, e- e- it's, it's easy but it's not easy because you guys are so familiar with it. And so there's all kinds of different angles we can look at. So we're going to take a look at John chapter 3 starting in verse 1. And here's what it says. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. And after dark... One evening he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. And I'm going to stop right there. All right, I'm going to stop right there. I need a microphone. I'm going to use the, I'm going to use the, main, the main guy's mic. Okay, and I hope it's, I'm going to turn it on. So, I want to teach you something real quick. I want to take a little break here and teach you something. You guys may think that I have this teddy bear up here because Tennessee's 7-0 and, and doing awesome. Yes. Y'all are not going to be cheering in a couple of weeks, I'm telling you. You know, so I know, right? So this teddy bear, I know they're all I know, it's funny. Not, not that funny, though. Okay, don't get, too, don't get too calm. So this teddy bear is supposed to be me. All right. Uh, it's got hair on top If it was bald it would be better but it's not so I want to tell you about this teddy bear so this teddy bear is that okay Dan okay sorry this teddy bear was given to me by a student of mine in 2007 all right I got this teddy bear in 2007 and this teddy bear is supposed to be me it's got the little flip-flop thingies on a little and it's got shorts and a Tennessee shirt and all this kind of stuff all right but that's not the cool part of this teddy bear the cool part of this teddy bear is, is that it's supposed to be me, and you can push his hand. And the student that gave me this recorded a message. Now, I have to tell you what the message is before, before I push it. I want you to know what the message is. So, here's what happened. I am very, um, especially back then, and I tried not to do as much now, but I know I still do. But one of the things, you know, that I say often When I'm getting ready to tell you something that's hard, or tell you something that is uh, for your good, uh, it's a wound that can be trusted is what the Scripture says. Um, uh, Wounds from a friend can be trusted is, look, I'm I'm just saying, I'm I'm just going to be honest with you. And I know, or I, I say, hey, I'm just being real with you. All right? So let me say something to you. If I say that to you, perk your ears up because what I'm going to say next is going to be something that I think is important. You with me? So, they thought it would be funny to give me this bear and to record the message. So, let me get the bear where I can hold it here and I'm going to let you guys hear the message. Dude, I'm just saying. I'm just being honest. One more time. Does that sound like me by the way? Oh, gosh, I haven't changed. It's been, what has it been, 15 years? All right, here we go. Dude, I'm just saying, I'm just being honest. The funny thing is, and I'm going to go back off then. The funny thing is, is that that young lady has two children, Wendy, two children? Three children now? Uh, and for those that for those that uh, wonder that is actually Jonathan Wood who's a friend of ours here that's Jonathan Wood's sister Bethany who gave me this and that's her voice and it's amazing so the reason I stopped is because of this anytime you see in the scriptures Jesus say I tell you the truth or verily verily I, barely, verily, I say unto thee if you're in King James or Anytime you see that, you need to stop. And you need to get ready for what he's going to say next. Because he's not just saying like I do. It's, hey man, listen. I'm being honest with you. He he actually is going to give a profound statement in the Scriptures. And so, in your mind, from now on, when you see that, you perk up. So, is everybody perked up? Let's perk up. So, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. And here it is. Unless you are born again... You cannot see the kingdom of God. And obviously, obviously Nicodemus was shocked. He was shocked. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit, gives, you spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus asks this again, he says, how in the world are these things possible? And Jesus said, you are a respected Jewish teacher and you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know uh, and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven in return, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the, in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. And here it is, most every, every ball game you watch this afternoon is going to have this at it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. I want to read that again because that is good news. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. But anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but the people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see they are doing what God wants. Now, you guys wonder why in the world he would say that last part about the light and darkness? Well, let's talk about that. Nicodemus was a respected Jewish leader. He was very high up. He was probably wealthy as well, but he was very, very high up. He was educated. He was brilliant. And he had the Scriptures, by the way. He he would have been someone who would have had, especially the first five books of of the Scriptures, he would have had all of those memorized. They would have all been memorized by him. He had gone through the training, and he literally had it memorized. And he came to Jesus, and the first thing he says to Jesus is this, Rabbi, now, when he says rabbi, that should tell you that there was high respect for, for Jesus. There was high respect for Jesus from Nicodemus. But there's something interesting that's occurring here. And it's one of the reasons that Jesus says, people, people won't believe in me. They want to run to the darkness. And so they do things in the darkness. And he says darkness and darkness. And here's what the first thing I want to tell you is, is that Nicodemus came at night. He came at night, and that's your first point. He came at night. Now, why did he come at night? Well, here's why he came at night. He came because he was afraid of being scorned by those religious people and by the group that he was associated with. That's why he came. He came at night because he was fearful. He was fearful. Now, in today's terms, here's what I would tell you. He came at night because he didn't want his buddies to know. Are you with me? He didn't want his buddies to know about it. He didn't know that he didn't want the people that he hung out with the most to know exactly what was going on. Now I want to tell you something. I have dealt with this so many times in student ministry. When I was in student ministry, I dealt with this all the time because here's what I would have. I would have a student that wanted desperately to be part of what God was doing and to and he, and, and they would want they would want to come and, 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 and engage with uh, other, other believers. They would come to church. And so they would do that on one hand. And then on the other hand, they would also want to engage with the world, so to speak. They would, want to, they would want to do things that they knew was contrary to what God's Word said. And so here's what they tried to do. And students, let me tell you this. You can't do this, and so you need to make a choice They would literally live with their feet in both sides is what they would do. They would would be what the Scriptures call double-minded. They would live in both sides. And what would occur is that their school friends and their hangout weekend friends would be one set. And then over here they would have another set of friends that would be their church friends. And so they would go on youth groups, they would go on outings, they would go on those things. And then, and I, was so, I would never forget this because I got in trouble for it. Uh, I know that shocks everybody that I would get in trouble for something. But I did once. Anyway, I got in trouble for it because I had a student that was doing this. And I just went to him and I said, hey, listen, why don't you just stop coming to church? And they were like, what do you mean? I said, well, look, you're, you know, you're, what you're doing is, is, is you're, you're doing this on this side and this on this side. Why don't you just make a decision one way or the other? You, just make a decision. You know what I mean? Just make, because by not making a decision, you're making a decision anyway. Are you with me? By not making a decision, I said, why don't you make a decision of who you are? You know, and I, I, I told him, I said, you're almost like a chameleon. Whoever you're around is who you are. That's who you are. You're a chameleon. So if you're around this group of people, then you act this way. If you're around that group of people, you act that way. It's one of the reasons why we call the church Real Church, because I don't want you guys to be chameleons. I want you to come in here exactly how you are, and with with your positives and negatives, with whatever, and then let Christ, let Him work on you from that very moment going forward. Are you with me? And so that's how you genuinely have a relationship with Christ, is to be genuine from the beginning and not try to fake it like you're something else. And I've told you this before, but that was Peter's problem. Peter went through the whole time when Jesus was on earth, and he, he was like, I'm going to be the leader, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. And in the end he ended up denying Christ. And in the end, what came out of it was a scene on the beach that we see where he was restored. But he was restored to the Peter that Jesus already knew he was. And that's Nicodemus' problem. He came at night. He was questioning. He was wondering. He came at night because he didn't want anyone to see him. And Jesus' words, especially toward the end of the verse, tell you, hey, do what you're going to do toward the light. Do it in the daytime. The sad truth is, is I've seen adults do the same thing here. I have. I've seen adults do the same thing. They play a role. They play a role at home, they play a role at their work, and they play a role at church. And my challenge to you is, and I've said this before, is that, is that, you know, we have a chest of drawers here and a lot of us want to have segmented compartments of my family friends and my work and, and, you know, my hobbies and my church and Jesus and, and all of it's segmented. And what I've tried to tell you before is, is that Jesus wants to be the whole chest of drawers, not just a drawer. Are you with me? And all of those other things that are in those drawers, like your school and like your, those are all part of the bigger picture. But Jesus is the bigger picture. We just got through doing a whole year uh, a series in Romans. And here's the here's the verse that was our main verse in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Do we have that? Romans chapter 1, 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ it is the power of god at work saving everyone who believes the jew first and then the gentile so did nicodemus was he ready to say i am not ashamed of this good news about christ he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't quite there yet he came and he rocked his world i want to t- show you something else too in in john chapter 2 if you go up this this actually this engagement actually happens Before chapter 3. It starts in chapter 2, and then we see Nicodemus in chapter 3. It says, because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at Passover celebration, many began to trust in Him. Okay? Many began to trust in Him. And here it is. But Jesus didn't trust them, because He knew human nature. No one needed to tell him what mankind is really like. And I want you to leave that up there. Can you go back to he he knew human nature right there? Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. So I want you to get this and what's going on here. You should, in your brain, when you see this, you should think of something. The people are saying because of his miraculous signs they trusted him. But Jesus is, he knows the human heart. And so he he doesn't look at that. He doesn't trust... And so my brain immediately goes to the feeding of the 5,000 where he fed the 5,000 and they all were full. And then he goes across the, the, the lake and they get up the next morning and they chase after him. And the reason they chase after him is not because they wanted something spiritual. You know, I always tell people they didn't want Jesus the king. They wanted Burger King. Are you with me? Because they were hungry again. And at that moment, that's when Jesus taught everyone about those people that will come to him for what they can get. And so he's talking about the light and the darkness. He's talking about knowing the human nature. And then let's look at what Nicodemus says right off the get go. In in verse uh, verse two, he says, Rabbi, he says, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Well, that's not true, is it? Let me ask you a question. If Nicodemus knew that God sent him to teach, then why wouldn't he come in the daytime? So Nicodemus is coming, trying to find out. He's inquisitive. He wants to know what's going on. And he says, hey, look, we, we all know. Oh, we all know. We all know. And Jesus is going, no, you don't all know. And Jesus blew his mind with what he said. No, you don't all know. Jesus deep down did not trust him. And then Jesus says something about the physical birth and the spiritual birth. And that blew Nicodemus' mind. Why did it? Well, that's your second point. I'm glad you asked. Because we often look toward the physical. And Jesus wants to teach us about the spiritual. We often look at the physical And Jesus wants to teach us about the spiritual. Nicodemus was confused because Nicodemus had all the answers. Jewish leaders back then. Listen, I want you to get this. They thought that if you, when you, if you were Jewish, that you would basically live the life of of um, of obedience, and that obedience constituted uh, knowing all of those laws, knowing all, and it would be it would be very very works oriented. And their thought was was they would inherit the kingdom of God when they died. They would inherit the kingdom of God. It would be a natural thing for them. There was nothing else to do. They would do these things, and then they would inherit. And if you look in the Old Testament, most of the people that, Jesus, that God used were screw-ups. And they didn't do a lot of those things. But they still believed for some reason that you could do all these things, and you would inherit. And so what Jesus says is, no, that's not it at all. And he took this physical thing that he was trying to think of, and the physical, the physical over, was overwhelmed by the spiritual. And Nicodemus was taken back. Jesus flipped things on his head. Jesus has also discussed water and spirit. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel chapter 36 says this. It says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And here's the part that Jesus adds. And I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new what? Spirit in you, and I will take out your stony and stubborn heart and give you a tender and responsive heart. And then it says, and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Jesus is saying, listen, ceremonial cleansing does one thing, but you're missing a bigger point. The bigger point is, is spiritual the spiritual is the bigger point. And we do the same thing, you guys. We search out for God when He when we have needs. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want you to get there's nothing wrong with that at all. We search out for God when we're trying to make sense of his plan. We search out for God whenever we try and we, we think we've done all we can do. But I want to teach you something real quick today. I wanna to show you a little example. And some of you guys have heard this story. Some of you hadn't. But, but we, we adopted our daughter. But there's a backstory behind uh, our, our adoption story. And it's this. And adoption so beautiful. It's, it's an incredible thing. And we can look back now and see the hand of God. And we can see all the spiritual that we didn't see then. And I've shared this with some of you guys. But, but the truth of the matter is, is I wasn't supposed to be the youth, the youth pastor at Palmetto Baptist. I was not supposed to be there. I wasn't. As a matter of fact, before I got there, there was another youth pastor that had come in. They had taken all the resumes. They didn't look at my resume. They took all the other resumes, and they had one guy. They singled out one guy, and that one guy was, he came in for the weekend. He spoke. He did all of these things that you're supposed to do. He went on, hung out with the youth some, seemed to be a great person, and he ended up going up for a vote. And when he went up for a vote... Uh, he got voted down by one vote. One vote. Now, at that church, in order to be a member, you you uh, you in order to be a member, you know, you need to be a member of the church. Of course, obviously, you have to be saved. And and my daughter had 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 been baptized uh, several months earlier, and so by their standards, she was a member, and she could she could vote. And so the guy got shot down by one vote. It was they had been searching for like nine months. They had, he got down shot down by one vote. And that one vote was my daughter. And do you know why she voted him down? Because she didn't like the way he talked. Deep spiritual stuff there, guys. She didn't like the way he talked. And so she voted him down. He literally got 89% vote. She voted him down. So he gets out. And then, then they eventually, you know, call in the fourth stringer, me, and, uh, you know, I come in, um, and I end up, I end up uh, going there and speaking doing the whole same thing, and then I drove home. And I had done a little video of our family back, back then. In 2005, that was impressive, I'm telling you. But I had done a video of our family, and they showed it, and one of the things they showed was our son. Blake, who loved Superman at the time. And he had a, he called himself Super Blake. All right? Super Blake. I didn't bring the picture, Blake, because I know you had buddies here, but I've got the (laughs) pictures. And on the video, I said, Hey, man, what do you want to say? He said, I'm Super Blake. And uh, so what's interesting is, is that at the same time, our daughter, who was at the children's home, who didn't know us from anybody, she loved Superman during that time in her life. And it had nothing to do with what I said. It had nothing to do with Wendy. My daughter voted for me because my son liked Superman and was Super Blake. That's it. No other reason. And then you fast forward. Now remember, I want you guys to get it in your mind and remember, at this time she was in a children's home not knowing where she would live. And she was at a children's home having gone through trauma. And she was at a children's home wondering what would happen. And God brought us in. But even that is a crazy story because when he brought us in, we ended up, she came with us for some weekends. And then this other family came came in. And a nice family. Husband and wife, no children, husband and wife and and they also wanted to adopt her. And so Wendy and I had to have a heart to heart and we just and it was very difficult for us cuz she had been coming Bailey had been coming to our place. Uh, we ended up we ended up saying, "Hey, uh, we called her counselor and said, "Hey, we want her to go with them and we want her to pray about it and we want her, we want her to be led by what God wants to do, not what we want." And it was amazing because because she was supposed to she 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 went with she went with them. And and for a weekend, and then she was supposed to go with him for a second weekend, and um, she she ended up calling us that because we were kind of nervous. We were like, "Well, this second weekend, she'll probably go, and then she'll decide." Well, she ended up calling us. Her her and her counselor called on a Friday evening, and I was like, "This is strange." Um, and she said, "Hey Bailey, you know, wants to talk to you." And so we got on the phone, and and she says hey, I don't want to go with that other family. I want to go with y'all. Now, the reason for that is a little different. And it is a cool thing. Because the other family didn't really go to church. And she said, the only thing I know is, is I know I need to be with a godly family. She was 12, by the way, at the time. That's what I need. And she chose us. And we adopted her. And... Year after year after year, we were all looking at the physical things. And here's the thing that she still knows to this day. And she'll tell you this. God can be trusted. That's what she learned. God can be trusted. Whenever, Whenever she has gone through trials and tribulations or struggles... She's always come back to the foundation that I can trust God because he took care of me when I was younger. We look at the, at the physical, but God is trying to teach us something about the spiritual. I guess my question to you would be this morning, you guys, is what, what, what spiritual lessons is God trying to teach you? What spiritual lessons is God trying to teach you? Is it maybe that he can be trusted? Maybe that he cares? Uh, Maybe that he's watching over you? Um, You know, maybe that his plan is good? It's interesting because I love what John 3.12 says. Right in the middle of that, John 3.12 says, But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe when I tell you about heavenly things? If you don't believe me about these small earthly things, how could I how, how can I even trust you to know? And remember he was talking to a great spiritual leader. What is it that God is trying to teach you? I know God can be trusted, guys, and you know how I know. Well, I'm glad you asked. The third point is this. Jesus provided the way. He did. John 3, 14 and 15 say this, And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. And you may be thinking, what in the world are they talking about Moses lifted up some snake on a pole? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Numbers 21. Numbers 21 says this, it says, Then the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the Lake of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey. It's kind of like me when I was like 11, driving to South Carolina. I grew impatient with the long journey. Well, so did the people. And they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There's nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. And then here's what the Lord did. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people and many were bitten and died. And then the people came to Moses and cried out we have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. And it says so Moses prayed for the people. And here's what the Lord did. The Lord told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. And all who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and was healed. Like the snake that provided the healing, so too did Jesus. Which is why John three sixteen verses sixteen through twenty-one says this for God so loved the world that he gave his son one and only son so that everyone who wait a minute, who? Everyone, everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And it goes on to say in verse in verse 17, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him And we'll stop there. That's what Christ did. He provided a way out. He came to save everyone. Now it's interesting because Nicodemus, and I'm going to call him Little Nicky. Little Nicky, or Nick at night, that's another thing I've seen. Nick at night, that's like some kind of Bible. You know, us Christians, we can do some cheesy mess, can't we? Nick at night. Okay, that's real funny. Anyway, so we should put that on our sign out front. Anyway, but... So, so it's interesting because Nicodemus came and he asked these questions and he was inquisitive about the whole thing. And he learned that, hey, I understand what you think will get you to heaven. I understand what you think will, will save you. But what you're thinking is not right. Let me tell you about the spiritual. And so the question I would have then would be, what the heck ever happened to little Nikki? That's the question. I'm glad you asked. John chapter 7, verses 50 through 52, Jesus was com- has come before this governing body. John chapter 7, then Nicodemus, the leader who had met with Jesus earlier, spoke up. And what did he say? It is illegal to convict a man before he is given a hearing, he said. And then he says, and they replied, are you from Galilee too? Like, oh, are you with him? Are you with him? Search the Scriptures and see for yourself. No prophet ever comes from Galilee. So finally, after coming at night, all the way in chapter 7, we see little Nicky has finally stood up and said, No, that's not, that's not right. And it would be a cool story, right, if I stop there. But that's not the end of it, because it gets gooder and gooder. Are you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Finally, John chapter 19 Here we see Jesus has been crucified and is dead. And lo and behold, who, who is the person that spent all of his wealth for the burial of Christ? Lo and behold, it is Nicodemus. With him came Nicodemus, the man who came to Jesus at night. He brought 75 pounds of perfumed ointment and made from myrrh, and aloes. And it goes on to say following Jesus' Jewish burial custom they wrapped Jesus' body with the spices and long sheets of linen cloth and then it says uh, the place of crucifixion was near a garden where there was a new tomb that had never been used before. And so because it was the day of preparation for the Jewish Passover and since the temple was closed at hand they laid Jesus there. Nicodemus who came at night who stood up for him before the the governing body, the Sanhedrin, was the actual person when they took him off the cross to help carry, wrap his body, and lay him in the tomb. Can I tell you what that tells me? It tells me that Nicodemus got it. He finally got it. He got it. He understood Who Jesus was. He understood what Jesus was talking about. And I guess my question to you would be do you get it? Do you get it? Do you? I think that's a question only you can answer. I hope you get it. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lord, that your word is powerful to change lives. Thank you so much that your word literally is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Thank you so much for your love for us, for your patience with us. God, we are so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for what you've done. And so God, we ask you today to help us get it. Help us, God, whenever we're looking at the, at the thing in front of us that's, that's, that's worldly. Thank you for the, you know, whenever, help us, Lord, whenever we're looking for the things that's of earth. Help us see past that to the spiritual things of heaven. Let us not just see what's in front of us, but let us see the plan and purpose that you're walking out for us. God, we want to get it. So God, I ask you today to open up our hearts and give us the the willingness within ourselves to change. Lord, let no one leave here the same way they came, but let them be changed from the inside out. In the strong and mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's stand up and have a final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.